I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. I know I always say this, but we are super pumped to be here right now. Thank you, Diana from Required Reading for being here with us as our guest today. Yeah, Yeah. I'm super excited. Yay. Okay, let's jump into our intro question and then we can dive into talking about working with copywriters today. So because Diana's business name is Required Reading, which I love, by the way, our intro (laughs) question is, what are you reading right now or what have you recently finished? Diana, do you want to jump in? That's such a great question. And I feel like I am totally that person who has like 20 books on the bookshelf that are started, half read, some are finished. Um, But right now, uh, I'm actually going through a lot of plant-based cookbooks. So I'm kind of in like that little kind of mini obsession phase (laughs) with like vegetarian cooking. And so that's been really fun. Um, But I also have finished, yeah, I also finished The Ruthless um, Elimination of Hurry, it's this really easy to read, um, awesome book that just kind of talks about like, kind of like the tenets of, of minimalism. And so, yeah, it just kind of talks about like how hurry kind of hinders our life and work and, you know, relationships. And so that's been super eye-opening. I love both of those because I, and Jen, I love this question because I have been binging on books lately too. I just got the uh, is it Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm, I'm not very good with celebrity names, but she has yeah. a clean eating cookbook that I just got. And I'm trying to get... Oh, really? Yeah. I'm trying to get more into like plant-based and and sort of vegan, but really just like stay away from processed foods and sugars. And that book has a lot of things in it that's like blowing my mind, like how to make mayonnaise out of chickpea juice, like from the can and like things like that. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to try this, but it's also very overwhelming. Well, I had a pretzel dog today, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you guys are just like inspiring me. <laughs> That's great. I, I love, I mean, I love reading cookbooks. I love buying cookbooks. Like I collect them. It's amazing. So definitely let me, let me know if you guys like the ones that you have. Also, yeah. I just woke up. Yay. <laughs> um, last night, last night I was reading the cookbook and my sister was like, are you actually reading the cookbook? <laughs> You have I was to like, read yeah, them. Reading, they have like, reading a lot of the extra stuff in there. It's like, yeah, they really yeah. do. But I will say one, the book that I recently finished right now, just like days ago was Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And cool. I am so obsessed with it. I'm actually rereading it right now and going through some of the like little practices and like things that it recommends to do. Like Mm -hmm. it goes all over from, you know, figuring out what your true values are, as opposed to the values that were instilled in you from growing up or people, what people have said or like identified you as and all those things. And then kind of moving more with intention and mindfulness and like meditation and all these other things that I've just been digging a lot lately. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I always tell my friends, uh, especially, you know, as quarantine has kind of taken over most of our 2020, everyone's been kind of like, oh my gosh, like I'm so, I hate being at home. I hate like all of the solitude. And I'm like, I literally think that I could be a monk. And I don't know if that has anything to do with like being a writer, but, but yeah, it's been, 
an odd satisfaction during this time. Oh, you should yeah. read this book and let me know what you think of it. Yeah, definitely. Giselle actually sent me, uh, I think you sent me an audio clip from Thing Like a Monk. And yeah. it was just like, it was so amazing. Like, cause I think she texted to me and like, it was in the middle of like a crazy day with a baby. And it was just like, this guy was just talking with such gusto. I'm sure it's like, rec- like recorded by the author. It's yeah, it was him. Been. Yeah. He was like so excited about what he was talking about. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like such an inspirational, like little quip. So thank you for sending that to me. Oh, I'm glad that helped. The (laughs) book that I'm reading right now um, on audio, audiobook is Obsessed, Building a Brand People Love from Day One by Emily Hayward. If you guys don't know, she is the um, creative director and founder of Red Antler Design Studio or Branding Studio. I don't, it's not even a branding studio. It's just called Red Antler. Like they they don't even have like a secondary like thing because they're just so famous. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're like one of those big time branding agencies that they've done. You know, they did Albers, they did Casper. They've done some like amazing like startups. And she wrote this book. Basically, I think it's for people who have a brand that are trying to kind of use some of the things that Red Antler does for their clients. Like when they're thinking about starting their brand or their startup or whatever. But as a brand designer, Highly, highly recommend because I mean, even like if you're a copywriter, like Diana, like I think that you would love this book because like it just goes into like what brand is like, I'm not talking about brand identity. I'm not talking about brand messaging. Like those are all parts of brand. She doesn't even say a brand. She just says brand, like what is brand? And so like, I've never really like thought about it that way. And so I could probably talk for hours about the things that I've learned in the three short chapters that I've started and I still have three more hours to go. So highly recommend if you guys, um, our listeners are interested in, you know, learning from Emily because it is just absolutely mind blowing and it's going to definitely change the way I do my brand strategy, the way I think about brands, the way I think about my services, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to dive into that one. I was DMing Jen Jen last night about it. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a good kind of book. It's a really, really, That's such really a good, good point. That's such a yeah. good point too. Cause I feel like I learned so much about copywriting by working with designers, um, you know, in agencies at small, like design studios. And I feel like, yeah, whether you're a designer yourself or even like a marketer or a writer photographer, I think something like that would be super helpful. So that's actually a perfect segue to our topic for the day, which is working with copywriters. Um, And I think that it's important that we start with the distinction between like copywriting and like brand messaging. And so I think Diana, it would be great if you could jump in and kind of explain to our listeners, like what the difference is between, you know, copywriting, like brand voice, like web design. I know this question is a little bit later on in the, in the outline, but like, I think that it's important to like talk about, okay, brand messaging is kind of this overarching thing. And like, how does that differ from all of the services that you provide? And how does that fit in with brand with a brand designer? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's a question that I get asked by everyone, right. By clients, by designers themselves, Um, you know, even other copywriters who are starting out who might be really familiar with copywriting as like, you know, a billboard on the freeway or the headline on a website. But I love how you set it up because brand messaging really is that overarching system. I kind of think about it in the way of like brand strategy, right? You have to kind of lay some groundwork. You have to kind of figure out what is that system that we're going to use to approach everything when it comes to copy for this brand or business. And so brand messaging is quite simply, yeah, just like that inner working system of 
voice, tone, taglines, the messages themselves, um, even like grammar style and punctuation, whether you use emojis or not, whether you use exclamation points or not. And of course, the actual messages themselves, you know, what is the benefit that this brand or business is trying to share with their people? Um, And then how do you communicate that? So it's really, yeah, setting up that framework, that kind of roadmap. And then the copywriting itself is actually how it all comes to life. And I love that you mentioned the emoji thing, because that is something that, you know, when I work with social media managers, I have tried to like, you know, work with my Instagram, things like that. Whenever they mm-hmm. would write something and use emojis, I'd be like, that's just not how I do it. Right. And if it didn't feel authentic to me, but I didn't know that was a thing until I started working with you. And maybe we should backtrack for a second and introduce Diana. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I just like jumped right in. Like, I don't know. I, I love it. I just know Diana. Just so I've comfortable. Diana for so long that I'm just like, everyone knows who Diana is. <laughs> Diana, why do you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us yeah. who you are, what you do and how you got there. Yeah. Well, Hey guys, my name is Diana. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't already heard, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But but yeah, I actually own um, a copywriting studio in Phoenix called Required Reading. And so I started it about two and a half years ago. And since then, I've really grown, you know, a network of working with designers like Jen and Giselle. And yeah, so essentially I focus on brand messaging, which uh, we already talked a little bit about and website copywriting and collateral copywriting. And so really anything that stays central to to the brand, how it's represented out in the real world and all of that good stuff. So yeah, a little bit about me. What I love about working with Diana was that like Diana has a very good understanding about what we do with brand design. And she even has her own way of doing brand strategy to align with things that as brand designers, I know that we neglect our own branding. And in a way, like it asks us hard questions about, you know, what we usually do for our clients. So that was really helpful for me. And she created this amazing copywriting and brand messaging and everything. Now I have a brand voice and all these things for Wander Design. And it's brought me into like a place where I just feel so good about presenting myself to the world, especially now that more people are putting their eyes on our website. It's just Mm -hmm. been like, yes, like I have a professional that's helped me and I look really good because of her. (laughs) It helps you own your voice too. Because like, just like you said, Giselle, like maybe other, a lot of other people use emojis and exclamation points. Like, ah, surprise, I'm one of those people. But like, <laughs> like you know, maybe your your tone is different than that. And like, you don't have to feel bad about like your voice and tone, the style that you talk or the style that you write in being different than everyone else. And in fact, that's like a point of contrast to your competitors and that could help you sell. So yeah, Diana is incredibly talented at kind of getting to know someone, getting to know their voice, whether that's through talking to them on the phone or, you know, listening, if they have a podcast or, you know, just reading what they've written on Instagram and distilling that into this really like efficient, punchy, um, like a bunch of values and, you know, just the overall like voice and tone, like direction. It just is so, it's so efficient. I just, I, that's the word that keeps coming to mind is efficient. It's like, you really just take everything and put it in like this little package and you're like, yes, that's the way, that's what, that's who I am. That you're amazing. Like, I don't know. Love fest moment. So for Diana, but... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet. We also like one of the big reasons why we like wanted to have you on the podcast was because a lot of designers ask us all the time about like how to get started with 
copywriters, like how to find someone, how to even like work them into their systems and everything. And like, I'm kind of trying to figure that out right now with like, I'm setting up on ClickUp and like kind of figuring that out. But like, I would love Diana, if you could, I know I'm bouncing around here on the, on the outline, but I would love if you could just kind of tell our listeners a little bit about like how they should think about using a copywriter or, you know, someone who does brand messaging and how that can kind of unite with their brand strategy, their branding offerings, whether it's white label, whether or not you work side by side. Um, If you could just speak to that a little bit, I think that'd be really helpful for people. Yeah. And I know that that's such, you know, something, well, just especially with the way that, you know, our industry, um, especially in the freelance and kind of solo entrepreneur community, I feel like people are partnering up together more than ever. Um, which I really love because I know that that makes such a beautiful end product for the client, you know, for the actual brand. And just from my experience, I feel like it's been super helpful, you know, when I've been able to kind of sit down or set up a Zoom chat with with brand designers like yourselves um, when we start talking about partnering and just kind of figure out, you know, where our processes kind of are in alignment, where they're parallel, where we have some flexibility room or some room to kind of adopt each other's processes and then kind of figure out a new road to carve together. And so I know that, you know, I have my own process, a lot of copywriters out there that, you know, if you're a brand designer listening to this and maybe have some copywriters on your radar that you want to partner with, you know, just kind of set up a chat with them, see how their process works, where there's some parallels in your own process, and then where you both feel like you have some flexibilities to really create something new that's going to be the best for your client. And I usually, you know, I think sometimes in my head, I think, oh, I need to have like a very tailored, streamlined system that follows steps one through six. And I don't deviate, you know, from that norm ever. But I do find that it's really helpful to kind of customize it based on the designer or based on, you know, the copywriter in your guys's instance. And then also what's going to be most you know, efficient and enjoyable for the client. So maybe they will like having two different touch points, two different kind of, you know, client management systems to go through. But I think often they like, you know, kind of feeling like it's it's one entity that they're working with, even if they're talking to two different people. Yes. And one of the things that I think that Giselle and I can can add to the conversation is we can kind of talk about how we personally work with, you know, with you or with copywriters mm-hmm. in the past. Um, I think that I love what you said about finding parallels between our processes and the fact that clients do tend to enjoy a more holistic one-stop shop experience rather than working with two different people. I've done it both ways. I've done it, you Mm -hmm. know, with, I've, you know, worked with copywriters who I literally didn't even like converse with them and they just wrote the website copy for the client. And then like, I just put it in the website. And then I've also done it with Diana where it's literally through my business. And Mm -hmm. I'm very upfront about the fact that I'm not doing the copywriting that like Diana is my creative partner and that she is, you know, professional and people really appreciate that. I definitely prefer having more of a close relationship with, with the copywriter while I'm working on a project, just because like, then you're able to collaborate in the brand strategy phase. I love that so much. And so, yeah, I'll just kind of share really quickly about how my process works with copywriters. And then Giselle, you can jump in and tell us like if there's anything that you do differently um, or if you have any advice. Um, 
basically I had Diana send me all of her questionnaires and <laughs> I kind of looked through my own questionnaire because I, because I was having the client fill out like five or six questionnaires, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is questionnaire overload. Like I want it to be very streamlined and simple. So I had her give me all of her questions and I kind of like added all of those questions into my initial branding questionnaire. And a lot of the times, like her questions, like I wanted to know the answers too for my own purposes for branding. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like copy specific or messaging specific. And I think that's such a powerful thing. So I updated my questionnaire, which is now a little bit longer and twice as amazing um, because it has Diana's (laughs) questions in it as well. The client doesn't know any different. They're just answering one questionnaire. And then I share that with Diana. She, um, creates the, you know, the brand messaging overview and just kind of delivers the voice and tone guide and the mission statement. If we do one, the tagline, she does that. She delivers that to me through Google docs. And then I take that and put it in my brand strategy with my branding. It's literally just a section of my brand strategy. And I send that off to the client and then I kind of handle client management and like stuff like that. Also, I think it's important to mention that Diana is on the creative direction call with me, with the client. Usually with contractors, I don't really have them on the phone because like I like to handle client facing stuff, but I just think it is so, so important for Diana to hear the client talk about their business and for her to be able to ask her questions literally to the client. And so we've Mm -hmm. really enjoyed that. Um, So that's kind of like how we've combined our processes a little bit. I love hearing this yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I have yet to work with Diana with a client. So I have so much to learn and I know I'm already going to learn and I've already started to learn a lot about the process that you guys have developed <laughs> and also hearing other, I have my own questions as well, but hearing other ways that you guys have um, worked together. Yeah, it's, um, it's been really fun. And I mean, we're still, you know, working on, we're we're at the beginning of a couple of different client projects that we're working on together, but I do find that it is a little bit more streamlined and it's probably nice for Diana too, that she doesn't have to do any client like communication Like after (laughs) that first initial call. All you have to do is like, I just give you the revisions, you just do it. And then like, you know, it's, I, I implement everything. I make everything pretty. You don't have to make a PDF. It's just like, hopefully right. it takes off a little bit of like pressure from you to like have to be in your email and responding to the client. Like, you know, like I kind of yeah. like I'm doing the PM part of that. Um, and so that's been really fun. So yeah, yeah, Giselle, did you have any thoughts or anything that you wanted to add or? Yeah, well, right away that? I was thinking about what a genius idea to solidify you know, two questionnaires into one so that you both get value out of it. And even if like, yeah, I mean, the questionnaire is like still something that I use, even though I do have the client call and then adding Diana to the client call is so genius as well. Cause I also don't add um, our other contractors to client calls because we're doing the strategy and Diana is part of the brand strategy. So having her on the call is another genius thing to do. Those are my thoughts so far. (laughs) I'm basically, I'm a genius. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Diana helped me with this too. This isn't just like all coming from me. So it's been definitely a collaboration and it's, it's been working great so far. Yeah. Well, I think another main benefit to that is I always talk about copy being a compliment to, or just kind of like a complimentary service to design and vice versa. And so when I think even for us, but more so for the client to kind of see that, oh, this is really something that's going hand in hand. And, you know, I'm not just working on my brand strategy. I'm looking at a mood board and then I'm seeing how the design is is kind of getting fleshed out. And then as an afterthought, kind of thinking how copy fits into that, 
I think for them kind of experiencing it all together kind of shows them that, oh, this is, you know, two spokes of the same wheel. Um, and then that makes sure that, you know, the end result is super consistent and really authentic to, to you know, what the goal is for the brand. Yeah. Yes. Another thing too is, uh, um, and Diana, you had mentioned this earlier, I think, um, is the end result just comes out so much better when there's that collaboration. And I've, yeah. I've seen that, you know, working with other contractors and developers and, you know, other brand designers and the end result, like I'm left in a position where I just have to oversee everything and make sure that the creative direction is going the way that we intended it. And just adding those people in at first, like felt like, oh, it's not going to happen the way that I want it. And, you know, I have this high level of performance that I want to hit, but it ends up exceeding that far beyond what I could have done by myself. And so adding the copywriter magic into it is just so much more amazing, especially as brand designers. We either are afraid of copywriting, writing our own words, or we really just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I'm definitely like, I enjoy, I enjoy reading and I enjoy like writing, but when it comes to like me performing as a copywriter, I just feel like a total phony. And there are also <laughs> things that I don't know exist that you come in and, and you bring in all these ideas and I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know that existed. So that's yeah. part of the genius of it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that magic that you talk about is really getting a third person or a second person to kind of, you know, pay attention to the things that, you know, you might not be really or might not have the space to think about because you're so mm -hmm. focused on, okay, how is this visual brand going to, um, to reflect, you know, my client authentically, how is it going to, you know, meet, meet that business goal that they're looking for and then attract their clients. And so you're already thinking visually. And I think that, you know, having someone dedicated to think about, okay, what is the, what is the language going to look like? Um, to to pair with all of the the visuals that you're going to be creating. And I think that, you know, that's another reason why writing in general seems to be so daunting for a lot of people is because, you know, we have all these thoughts in our head, we have all the points that we have, and we really just need some clarity. And I know that that's such an overused word right now. It's such a big, you know, branding and marketing buzzword, but I think it's true. And I always, you know, used to say back in the day that, you know, good writing is just clear thinking. Um, and so as long as you can get your thoughts organized, then, you know, writing is so much more efficient. I love that. And I 100% agree. It's overused, but it's overused for a reason. Clarity is definitely yes. the right word. And I've tried to become better at copywriting for my clients by reading books and this and that, but there's only so yeah. much time you can even dedicate to that when you want to excel in like brand design. So like you were right. saying, just allowing myself that space to breathe and also letting someone in to let me know like, Hey, what am I missing? Because I'm so wrapped up on this other thing. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's almost like when you look at a video of yourself and you listen to your own voice and you're like, Oh, is that really how I sound? Like yeah. you're so close to the way that you talk even more so than like, I don't know, a brand designer. I think of like your fashion sense or the way you decorate your home. Like that's very close to you, but I feel like your words, like the very words that come out of your own mouth. It's like, it's almost such an intimate thing that it's like almost impossible to do your own copywriting. And so that's what I'll tell clients when they say like, Oh, what's copyright? Like, why do I need that? Why can't I just write my own copy? And like, I'll be honest with you guys. If that is a, something that a client is like resistant to, then that's a red flag for me because mm -hmm. I do not want to work with a client who has not worked with at least a professional copywriter. Like maybe they don't want to get copy from me. That's fine. Like they need to at least furnish me with professional voice and tone and copywriting. Um, because like when, when you think about 
web. And I don't know if this, this might just be me and this might be an unpopular opinion, especially in the brand design industry, but like, I think words are more powerful than visuals. And like, I don't know, maybe some people might disagree with me, but like when you're talking about a sales page, for example, like I, it pains me to say this cause I'm a designer, you know, like, but <laughs> yeah, that sales copy is going to be what sells someone on the product at the end of the day. Maybe not for like products. It's like, yeah. yeah, maybe not for like a furniture item or if you're like an e-commerce store and you have like a cute shirt, like obviously the shirt being cute is going to be what sells the shirt, but like mm-hmm. when you're selling a service and that I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what Diana specializes in because you work with so many service providers, like yeah, the words and the copy are like, that's the end all be all. And I'm sure you yeah. agree, Diana. I, I don't know if the <laughs> listeners agree. You can disagree with me if you want, but that's, I, that's where I'm at. I, I agree to Jen's unpopular opinion <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> because okay. I've seen plenty of sales pages that are highly successful and high converting that are just plain ugly, but they have the copywriting in there and they're providing that value. One thing that mm-hmm. I learned early on since undergrad is, you know, our professors always telling us content is king and then mm-hmm. all those other things come second. But, you know, visual design can only get you so far. It's more about that first impression. And then maybe it's almost like a, I see it more of like a segue into getting people to read the content. Um, Diana, like, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that you guys are such huge proponents of coffee because (laughs) I, of course, by default agree. I do think that words are powerful and that's why I've been obsessed with them since I was a kid and have loved like just the art of storytelling and And that's such a big proponent of, or just a big, you know, component, sorry, (laughs) Um, of a sales page is what is that story that you're trying to tell? But I will say on the flip hand that I do think that design helps usher in people to be able to hear a message properly. Um, And that's why a lot of the clients that I work with, you know, when I started out building required reading, I started really slow because I wanted it to be through partnerships with designers because they had always been my partners when I worked at agencies or small studios. So I really saw the value of how both are in such a symbiotic relationship and they benefit the other. So while yes, like you could have a very plain, you know, white landing page with just some text on it and it could still perform a sale. I do think that, you know, you're creating more of that brand loyalty when you're able to give them something that they can experience on multiple levels. So Mm -hmm. they're getting spoken to a way that's going to really connect and resonate with them. But then what they're seeing is also starting to paint a picture of an experience that is really cool that, you know, you can do that through a screen or through a magazine or, you know, even in a book by the way it's laid out. So so I, I, I love that you guys are, you know, <laughs> copy supporters. Um, but yeah, but I do see, I do think that there's such an equal weight and value in design as well. Yeah, that was really well Thank said. You. And speaking of that, I love the name of your studio, Required Reading. Is there a, a reason behind that? <laughs> well, you know, there's a funny story, not a funny story. It's kind of a, a sappy story, but, you know, I was working full time at an advertising agency and I had worked there for about three years and I just really felt like I wanted to get back into the branding sphere. And, you know, I started out working at a really tiny branding studio here in Phoenix that was really popular. They were just killing the game at that point, like back in 2013, 14, I would say. So I knew that I wanted to get back to branding. You know, I loved advertising, had learned so much. It's such a different medium of of writing um, if you're writing for advertisements. But I couldn't really find anything out here. You know, Phoenix, uh, it's good for a lot of things. But at the time, it wasn't so much for, you know, there wasn't a lot of um, 
lot of places to choose from in terms of jobs for copywriters. So I was sitting in a coffee shop one day. I had already thought, I was like, okay, well, if I can't find a job, I'm going to make a job. And so I had started looking at, you know, the designers that were on Instagram. Um, you know, Jessica Cummingor from Marbury was like a huge inspiration for me at the time. Um, and just some other people that were that were around in about like 2017, I would say. Um, so I was sitting there trying to figure out what my packages would look like, had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but I knew that a name was going to be such an important thing. And it, it's classic me. Like I always like have to make something like look good. I, I feel like I'm very visual for a writer. So like, even with like, you know, my interior space with everything, I like really care about how something looks. Um, so I was like, you need to get <laughs> the structure of your business before you come up with the name and how it's going to look. But of course I started the other way around and I just like started jotting down like, okay, why is copy so important? What do I want to communicate? And I was like, and I just, you know, I love books. I grew up reading so many books and I was like, oh, what if it's like, you know, something a little bit more academic, like in that theme. And I thought of like the phrase required reading. And once I thought of it and I wrote it down, I started tearing up at this coffee shop oh. that I was sitting at. And I don't know why I was so excited. And I thought maybe I should like, you know, brainstorm some other ideas. Cause often your first idea is like, you know, the roughest one or it's never the best one, but it's worked so far. So yeah, I'm, I've been excited about it ever since. The thing that really like attracted me to required reading and Diana from the get-go was was the visuals of her Instagram feed. Okay. I'm <laughs> all right, guys. Like I'll Thank admit you. it. <laughs> which works like, so well because she which, works with brand designers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um and you know she's since gone through rebrand and everything, but I feel like you're like the soul of your brand. It's almost it's kind of like it's kind of moody. It's minimal. It's like it, like you're not like one of these people that's just all like tan and nothing else. Like you have like these deep colors and like, I don't know. It's just like your brand presence was so strong that I was like, okay, this person obviously cares about visuals too. And so I had seen other copywriters, but their visuals were just so like, Oh, you know? And so that's why I was like, Oh, maybe I should reach out to Diana and be like, I think I mentioned like, Hey, I love your feed or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was like such a long time ago. I was in my old house at that time, but yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that your, your name. It's like, required reading. It's like, it's almost like kind of subtly saying like, Hey, like this, like copy is required. Like you can't Mm -hmm. launch a brand without professional brand messaging. And like, I feel like it's easy. I don't feel like it's easy to sell people on design, but like people know I need a logo. People don't necessarily always say like, Oh, definite number one thing I need is a professional copywriter. Like, I I mean, clients that I've worked with, like, you know, it might be a little bit of a harder sell for me, but because like, I don't know, like, I don't maybe it's because I'm not a copywriter myself. Diana, would you be interested in like speaking to that a little bit? And just like, is that your experience as well? That like people think visuals first and then they do have to kind of like sell them on the copy, but it's actually for me, it should be the other way around. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think I touched on this a little bit earlier that when I first started, I really did want most of my clients to come from, you know, design referrals, or at least to find clients who saw the value in, you know, working on their brand identity, getting like a professional, like both of you to actually work on the design side on their website, because I always thought, and it's probably just from my, you know, my career background, but I don't think that my copy is as powerful if it's housed, you know, in a bad frame. So it's like a picture, you know, like 
the picture can be so beautiful on its own, but when it's put in a really gorgeous frame, then like it just really like is way more accentuated. You get like a better picture of what it's, what it's wanting to be, what it's trying to be the style of font that my copy's written in, you know what I mean? Like all that really matters. And, um, you know, even working in advertising, that was so important. Like copy was only half the battle. It was making it look really enticing and really beautiful, um, and attractive. And so, so yeah, I definitely look out for clients who either one have, you know, already worked with a designer, they're in process with a designer, or at least they're wanting to, after we work together, so that's definitely been, you know, kind of like a, a checkpoint for me to kind of make sure that they're kind of on that same wavelength. But yeah, I just think that it's it's super important. Have we talked about what services you offer? If not, do you, want to talk a little, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about the kinds of services that you provide? Definitely. Yeah. So um, I really love, I mean, with all that being said about, you know, the importance of brand, um, brand identity and design and all that good stuff. I really like to stay central to the core of what a brand identity is when it comes to the copywriting services that I offer. So the brand messaging, right? That foundational work. Um, and we can talk about, you know, what that's in, what's included in that kind of service line, but then also the website copywriting. So every nook and cranny of the website, I feel like, you know, the footer is such an important place to put something really intentional in terms of messaging. Um, and then also brand collateral. So that would include you know, if it's a product-based brand, their their packaging. Um, you know, if it's skincare, the the box that it comes in, the tissue, the note card, um, all of that. You know, tertiary sort of sort of brand collateral. Um, and then for service-based businesses, you know, it could be a brochure or a welcome PDF or um, maybe even an intro email sequence. But I like to stay pretty central to to everything that a brand would need to to represent themselves well. Yeah. And you do such a great job at it. Cause even it's interesting because, you know, when I hired you, Diana, I thought, okay, she's going to help me rewrite all the copy on my website. What I didn't expect was all of her great ideas on, Hey, I noticed that the messaging, like overall messaging on your services page, like who are you really catering to? And maybe you are better off like adding another page and this and that. And we mm-hmm. worked on that together. I'm like, wow, this is so amazing because I came in asking for like, you know, rewrite my words and yeah, it's editing. become something, <laughs> yeah, it's become something way bigger than that, which is again, a collaboration that is truly special working with Diana. So oh, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about what the like um, brand messaging and all, and all of that yeah, entails? Like, what are like the like, deliverables? And then also how would a brand designer who's looking into offering copywriting services to their clients, how would they kind of like, explain that and how they sell that. I think that's a really important point to touch on um, because as designers, we know how to sell design, but like if you can coach our listeners on like how to convince a client that they need your service, that would be awesome too. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, you know, a huge question that I get asked all the time because the deliverables that you offer as a designer that you all, you know, listening offer are very visual. Someone can see a logo, you know, they can see a color palette, they can see, you know, website layout, but they're not exactly sure where um, a mission statement falls into falls into the bigger picture, where the tagline is. Like it, it's such a, it kind of sounds like it's very heady and kind of philosophical. Um, so the way that I like to describe it is, okay, think about, you know, the ways that you talk about your business. And what if you had 
sort of a framework, a guideline, a PDF to kind of outline, okay, when you're in this situation, here's what you can say about your business. Um, If you're in a situation where you sort of need to share your mission in a very succinct way, that's where a mission statement comes into play. Um, And actually on, um, on a recent project that Jen and I have been working on, I kind of brought up Nike's mission statement because you were curious about like, okay, wait, how is a mission different from a tagline or a purpose statement? And I think, you know, Nike's tagline is always, you know, such a popular example, but their tagline of just do it is very short. It's very motivating. It's spoken directly to someone versus their mission statement is, you know, about bringing inspiration and innovation. And so I would like to, you know, kind of think about it that way. So, you know, if you're talking to a client and you want to understand like, okay, why do I need to sell them brand messaging and why should they care? I would pretty much couch it in a way of like, this is so that you can understand how to talk about your own business. And then after that, figure out how to talk about that business and what you're offering to your consumers. So even though your consumer might not see, you know, your mission statement, they might not see, you know, the six adjectives that I, you know, come up with to describe your voice and tone, they're going to feel it through the tagline they're going to experience that voice and tone through the website copy. So the messaging strategy or the brand messaging is really the the means to get there and to kind of create that framework so that you're not left wondering, you know, after our project is done, wait a minute, how do I talk about my business? What, what is the thing that I always say? What are the, what are the, the ways that I should start writing my content? That's essentially, you know, kind of like a nice little framework or a guidebook to use. Yeah. I love that. Me too, because then like brand design, you know, you have the keywords that curate your mood board. And then from that, you mm-hmm. stem off and, you know, you just have your design and that's how you like talk about your keywords is through those visuals. And that's how you're doing it with the tagline and the mission statement. And then providing that consistency of, hey, don't rewrite the wheel every time. Like don't redo all your templates, you know, in design, mm-hmm. like just keep using your tagline and really ingrain that into your customer. I think it's important to note that in brand strategy, at least for me, and I know Giselle as well, our brand strategies always start with words. And I always tell my clients, like I list out adjectives that Mm -hmm. describe the visual brand. And that is the bridge between words and visuals. And so if that doesn't speak to the power of copy and brand messaging, then I don't know what does. So maybe that's another way that, you know, our listeners could, use um, just an example that they could use of of why messaging is so important. It's like, okay, like, you know, even if like you didn't work with my copywriter, like I'm still going to give you all of this like brand strategy information that is written word first. And Mm -hmm. so why would you not want to go ahead and have like a professional, a professional copywriter, like go in and create a mission statement, a tagline, those six adjectives, like to describe what their voice sounds like. And one thing that I tell clients as well is, is I say, think about all the places you talk about your business, all of the million different places, whether or not you're in person on the phone, sales call, Mm -hmm. website, social media, like your business Mm -hmm. card, your, you know, any type of thing that email, Mm -hmm. exactly. Market, any type of marketing is huge. It could be anything, your packaging, if you're a product, like your product descriptions, like on your website, like literally so many different places you talk about your brand. Like, why would you not want that to be cohesive? Like, why would you not want that to match 
the like brand strategy and the investment that you've made in brand design. Um, so I think that that might be helpful for people when they're thinking about like, oh, how do I sell a client on copywriting? He doesn't even understand. Literally most of my clients, I'm not going to lie. They don't know what the word copy means. Yeah. And I have to say mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the words, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, like, I forget <laughs> the that, written. you know, I, I yeah. forget that, that people just don't know. And it's like, our job is to educate them. And I'm not, I'm not just selling it so that Diana can make a sale. Although like I do want Diana's business to grow. Like I'm selling it because first of all, I don't know if any of y'all have ever worked with someone who, or a client who has been like, oh, I'm going to write my own copy for my website. You never get the copy. You're just, I'm letting yeah. you know right now, you're not going to get that copy. Like it no. might, <laughs> might come in bullet point form and then, okay, can you help me refine this? And it's like, okay, you don't feel like you have the skills to be able to do that. You're like left in the dust. And it's also probably six months past the launch date. And then you're finally getting the copy. Like that's another, just like really good reason to like sell that to your clients. Um, and then yeah. one other thought I had, I know I'm just like going and going, but with the tagline, the brand tagline, I didn't realize how important that was until I, I was designing and I was making a mark and I was like, you know what? I feel like this needs some text. I feel like Mm. we need to have some kind of like little quip here. Like I just, and I'll find myself like writing something that like describes the brand and like, I'm not a copywriter. And so it's like, you know what this, I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound right, but it needs something there. Like with um, a project that I just finished up with Diana, she came up with this incredible tagline for this marketing brand. And I used that in my design. So that's another really tangible way that like copywriting and design literally go hand in hand because Diana's literal words that she conceptualized and wrote ended up as part of the brand package and the visuals. And I think that is so amazing. And it just makes that little mark so much more powerful. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful illustration of how copy and design work best together. You know, it should be very interwoven and kind of, it should be hard to tell like, you know, that it was done by two people or that it was done in two different phases. It should feel like, like one brand. And that's definitely something that I love to tell my clients as well is, you know, your brand is super important because it's what people see and experience, but then how how does that brand speak? You know, let's put words to the color palette and words to the imagery. And so, yeah, I love that illustration. I think one of the questions that you gave me for my, for my questionnaire is imagine that your brand was a person. How would that person talk? How would they walk? What would they wear? You know, like what is their vibe, you know? And I Mm kind of get at that in some of the other questions in my questionnaire, but I never asked that question before. And I'm so glad that that question is in my questionnaire because it gives me a sense of like, it just makes the brand human. And that's something that I'm reading about in my book, Obsessed, um, Mm -hmm. not my book, but Emily Hayward's book, Obsessed. She talks about bringing that human element to a brand. Like the brand can be beautiful. The coffee can be amazing. But like, if you're not connecting with someone on an emotional level, you're not connecting with their values or what makes them tick or what gets them excited, like then you're not going to have a brand that's going to have any staying power. And I think another question that you sent me, Diana, from your questionnaire is like, what gives your audience energy? And what takes mm-hmm. your audience energy away? Hopefully, I'm not like sharing all your industry secrets out on the internet. No, no, not um, at all. But I love that question, and like that can be one that clients struggle with a little bit. I even wrote a little explainer in in the question there. It's like, what gives your client energy? Like, like my client's client. Like, what gives their audience energy, and what takes it away? I I love that. I think that is yeah. such a good question to ask um, because yeah, that's I think I had eventually what your brand should be doing. It should be giving your audience energy. So. Yeah. 
And I think too, I think I saw that from someone's website or someone's, yeah, I can't remember where that came from. So I won't take all the credit for it. I take questions from people all the time. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah. But I remember thinking about it, like this should be something, you know, more visceral than just strategy. And I do love how important strategy is. I think it's super foundational, but what I really try to do with my writing or even in the questions that I ask, like you mentioned is yeah, bringing that human element back, bringing a bit of poetry and romance back. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the end result is going to be, you know, these really grandiose like paragraphs that are filled with run on sentences. Um, Maybe that's good for the brand. Maybe they want to kind of draw out their language and that's, that's a strategic move as well. But I think now, you know, just even in industry trends, you know, it's gotten very formulaic and it's gotten very Like, you know, step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this, and you'll get a sale every time. And while I think those are valuable, I think it also doesn't leave a lot of room for like the human aspect or personality or character Um, and even emotion, you know, like your brand book mentioned. I do think that buying is such an emotional decision. And so if we can at least acknowledge that and kind of speak in a more human centered way, then you know, it does create that lasting brand loyalty rather than just a sale, which I think is is going to lead to more and more success. Yeah. And I, I agree that this is something that if you're working more on that brand loyalty and connecting with your audience, that is going to sustain your business a lot longer than that quick sale. Can you tell us, Diana, what qualities your ideal brand designer client have? Like what determines if you take them on as a client? Like at what point do you think that they're ready to work with you? And what kind of traits would you um, consider? I think even from the way that they write their email or from the way that they kind of reach out, and I really do run, you know, pretty much like 90% on on designer referrals, which I'm super thankful for. And shout out to all the amazing designers that that send me clients my way. Yeah. But um but yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, as we talked about before, that that appreciation and that sense of value that they do place in in the brand design phase and in working with a designer and not just a copywriter. I think that that says so much about a client and how they really want to invest in their brand is going to, you know, say a lot and speak volumes on how our our project relationship is going to go. So I think that's probably one thing um you know, once we talk on the phone and kind of do a little intro or that like initial connection Um, is really figuring out, yeah, are our values in alignment? Because it really doesn't matter, you know, the industry or what their business is, but are they operating from a place of of purpose and meaning, you know, are they really wanting to help serve people or just, you know, make money, which I know that we all need to make money. So that's not something to knock or, or be ashamed of, but do they have like a deeper mission or purpose for, you know, why they're creating a product or why they want to offer a service. And so I think values, yeah, just making sure that their values are in alignment. Um, do they value the process and the time it's going to take to really get to something really special, whether it's the brand or the copy itself? So yeah, those are definitely things that I look out for. I mean, that's not specific to brand messaging at all. Like those right. are definitely things that any brand designer listening if you're struggling with, you know, working with clients that are just sucking the energy out of you, then like maybe those are some points that Diana just mentioned that you can think about. Like when I take on a client, is their product something that I truly feel like I can stand behind? Like, do mm-hmm. I feel like their product needs to come to market? Like those are mm-hmm. some of the things that, you know, you can consider when 
like, it's almost like you're interviewing the client, you know, like you think about yourself in that, in that way. Um, and that, that could help, um, with those disaster situations, which we're going to have another episode about that later on. I'm so excited, but yeah, um, we are really getting to the end of our recording, which has gone by so quickly. It's crazy. I guess, Giselle, do you want to just kind of go over some of like the most important takeaways from our conversation for our listeners? So I think like some of the really important things to consider when you're preparing to work with a copywriter is to really understand not too much, like just have like a basic understanding of the power of copywriting enough for you to sell it to a client, learn about it yourself, and then reach out to someone like Diana. Of course, we highly recommend her. And thanks to Jen for recommending Diana to me because I wouldn't have known to work with her. I recommend Diana to literally every single human <laughs> being that like walks and like he's probably like so getting sick of like all the people that are like, yeah, Jen said this. I mean, like y'all, if you want to work with Diana, like literally reach out to her. She like books up really quickly. So like, make sure you get on her calendar because she's (laughs) a kind of man, which is a good thing. So yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And another thing too, is like, see how you can open up space in your process to include Diana or like a copywriter's process as well. Um, Just like Jen was saying, like adding some of their questions into your brand questionnaire, adding them into the client call and things like that. Um, perhaps, I don't know, you guys can step in on the, um, and talk about this a little bit more, but perhaps already having some sort of collaboration started maybe internally before you work with the client together. Is that something that you guys recommend? Like ideally, of course, it doesn't have to have, it doesn't have to happen every time, but what do you guys think? As far as the copywriter, like creating your own copy of the designer, I think, I mean, personally, I love that. I love that Diana, like created the voice and tone for my own business. And that like helped me put that trust in her as a, as a writer to know that she would take care of my clients because like, I want the best for my business and I also want the best for my clients. So it's like, if I'm willing to like put my money where my mouth is, you know, hire someone who is at the top of their game. um, Like I want that quality to be passed on to my clients. So yeah, I definitely recommend like if you are thinking about offering copy, but you haven't invested in that for your own design business, maybe that's your first step. Maybe you start to look around at different copywriters and see like, if you find someone that shares values with you, and then maybe you work with them like internally on a project first, and then you might reach out and say, Hey, are you even interested in doing some, some copywriting for my clients? Um, I'm sure Diana, you'd prefer to do it that way as well, just to like get to know them. Yeah, that's been, honestly, that's been a big sort of trajectory that I've taken with a lot of my design partnerships is is people like yourself have reached out and say like, hey, I need a a copy partner for my business and for my clients, but first I want to work on my business. Um, And I think that that has had a subtle effect on how they sell copy or want to add it to, you know, their, their bigger design or web design package for their clients is like, Hey, I've gone through the process myself and I can vouch for it. You know, I I can see that there's value in it. And so being able to speak from that place is always so, so powerful. But yeah. Yeah. That's one of the first things I tell clients when I'm talking about copy. I say, Diana wrote my copy. She did my brain messaging. And so yeah. like, that's You're how the, they know. Her own like, case study. Yeah, I, I know. It's like, yeah. okay, well, like, you were obviously sold by my amazing website copy. So like, why would you not want that for your own business? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But yeah. In addition um, to that, have being on the client side 
like from a copywriting service Mm -hmm. also shows you like, like, at least for me, what are the things that, I, I don't know, you just learn things about like being a client for somebody and First of all, it shows how terrible of a client I am, but also I think of that about myself all the time (laughs) when I'm working with my, on my own site with my developers, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but like, I want to do a font change halfway through the project. I'm the worst. I'm so sorry. I'm literally doing that right now. But like, yeah, anyways, besides, yeah, but it's like, you know, I, for a long time, I thought this was my type of client that I was trying to go after. And then Diana comes in and asks me like, who are we talking to? I'd, I'd like... (laughs) I was like, oh my God, like, who are we talking to? Are we really talking to this person? Like, it doesn't feel right. And this and that. And it's I literally like existential went, crisis. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's like me going through the client experience that I put my clients through a lot. So that gives you a, a big, like internal insight on what you're doing for your clients. And I think having that understanding is really important. Since then, I definitely aligned with um, what Diana said earlier about you, you know, working with clients that really align to our values and have a purpose-driven mission in their business more than just making money. That really speaks to me. I have so many different people, different industries that I work with. And it's finally been clear to me because of working with Diana and like figuring out, all right, I have somebody here, you know, asking me like, what, who are we talking to? What are we doing? And it's not just me talking to myself. And as everybody knows, we break our own promises all the time. So having somebody else in the process is really uh, impactful, I think. Um, other than that, I think those are mostly the important things to consider working with the copywriter. Do you guys have anything to add? Um, yeah, I had a couple of thoughts too. And these obviously aren't like deal breakers, but even just as I was thinking about this earlier, I think, you know, expecting or at least factoring in a little bit of a lead time with whatever copywriter you're working with. I've had situations, you know, where designers or even the clients of designers, who have, um, you know, sort of referred me have said, Hey, we're done with everything. Now I need the website copy, you know, yesterday, which is like, there've been situations where like, you know, I've had a project opening in my calendar, um, or in my schedule and it's, it's worked out, but I think even making sure that, you know, if you have a client who seems like they're going to need some copy down the road, at least getting a copywriter kind of looped in, um, just to make sure that they create some space in their project calendar as well to account for it. Um, and then, you know, expecting just as many client revisions on the copy side as there usually is for design. Um, and probably even more so, I think sometimes, you know, clients, once they get into the process of figuring out what they're going to say, and then how they're going to say it, they start realizing, oh, maybe I don't actually want to say this. Let's change this paragraph to something different. And so I usually allow two to three rounds. Sometimes that goes you know, a little bit beyond that, as I'm sure you guys have experience with, but yeah, just kind of remembering that, yeah, client revisions definitely do, you know, are a big factor in the copy process. Those are really good points. Definitely. I agree. So many things to think about, but yeah, Yeah. just our advice to you guys is like, if you haven't ever worked with a copywriter, just reach out to people, go talk to someone on Instagram, like send someone a voice memo, learn more about how they work as a copywriter. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be like, Oh, now I'm going to drop three grand on, you know, on copy or whatever it is. Like, even if you're not at that point yet, even just make a copywriter friend that you can follow on Instagram. And like, I've always said to people, finding people in parallel industries to refer is one of the greatest ways to start building a client base. People ask all the time, how do I find clients? How do I find clients? 
It's like, okay, this is one tangible way that you could do that. Make relationship with photographers, copywriters, web developers, people who are kind of surrounding our industry as brand designers, Mm -hmm. because we're not the only people who get to work on brands. There are so many other types of services that clients can, can purchase from. So even if you're not ready to make that investment yet, like just make a friend instead. Yeah. Make some friends. (laughs) Great advice, Jen. (laughs) Jen is a genius. I'm a genius today, guys. That's the takeaway today. (laughs) I love it. All right. Let's do our inbox question. Um, This is such a simple one, but it can be so complex. Caitlin Abode asks, how do you beat imposter syndrome? Does one of you want to jump in with an answer? Yeah, I can start. Not that I have, uh, I don't think I've beaten it. (laughs) So um, I, yeah, it's definitely something that plagues creatives, right? Whether you're, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever type of creative you are, um, or even just, you know, in any workplace or for someone who's professional, it can be so, you know, um, disabling and kind of debilitating. And so if you're asking this question, I'm sure you're going through it. So just wanted to acknowledge that and, and tell you that you're definitely not alone. Um, but I think for me, what's helped is kind of going back and seeing, you know, where I've come from. Not that, you know, I'm at a place where I feel like on top of the world by any means, but at least just seeing, you know, like how life has kind of taken you through different paths, um, you know, on different roads and kind of where you are now and remembering, you know, what you're good at. And it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing or a conceited thing to kind of recognize, like, I do this well. And, you know, I have people who care about me and know that I'm not a fraud, (laughs) you know, because that's such an easy, you know, mind path to kind of go down is like, oh my gosh, someone's going to realize I don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe I don't know how to write at all. Um, But I think just kind of going back and kind of yeah, recentering yourself on on where you've come from before and how you've grown and yeah, do something that makes you feel good and something that you know you can do well. And it's such a it's such a process. It's such an everyday choice to kind of say, I'm not gonna believe that I'm, you know, a phony. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of my strategy for it. Yeah, really well said. And like you guys said, it imposter syndrome is something that we're constantly dealing with. Sometimes we're conquering it, sometimes it's conquering us. And I have a bit of an advantage with this question because I know Caitlin and I know she's damn good at her job. She's a brand designer and she's um, is working with us currently, actually. And oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, um, we met through a question. mutual friend. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> but I love this question because I'm constantly dealing with imposter syndrome despite having strategies to beat it. It still gets me. And mm-hmm. especially, I will say, the moment where it really, really gets me is when I'm designing like the full presentation and I'm like, you know, getting ready to send it for the first review with the client. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Why did they hire me? Like they're totally wasting their money on me. And I'm just like completely <laughs> like just sabotaging myself. And then I have to reel myself back in and be like, nope, they hired me for a reason. So what I will say is, first of all, like, you know, we do, we're doing something that we really love to do, which has naturally made us try to be better at it. And Diana, like you were saying, we need to recognize that we we know what we're doing and we're good at it. And then the second thing is to validate that by Jen and I have talked about screenshotting like praises from clients and things that other people have told us about what we're doing right. And 
using that in a little folder of validation and looking through that when you're starting to feel like you're doubting yourself. And then um, the other thing I already forgot, but basically that. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's such a, a good idea. Yes, yeah, do I'm, it, do it. I literally have a folder in my Dropbox called screenshots. And no. it's just, it's all like just texts and stuff. A lot of it's from Giselle just being like, that's so pretty. That's a great look. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm about myself. And to like, you know, speak to that a little bit. Both of you guys mentioned surrounding yourself with people who build you up. That is yes. my answer to this question. That's mm-hmm. how I beat imposter syndrome. Whenever I send off or before I send off a concept presentation, I'll like send it to Giselle. And so I can be like, look at this brand that I just designed and Giselle will be like, wow, that's amazing. Like you did so <laughs> yeah. good. And then I'm like, okay, all right. I feel good. I can send it to you right now. You know, <laughs> I think also hearing it from someone that does the same thing that you do it is so empowering because you're like, wow, like they know what I'm going through and they're validating like how good I did on this thing. Yes. That's another so- thing. Just yeah. a little plug. If you guys don't have any designer friends yet, we do have a Facebook group that you can yeah. join. And if you're trying <laughs> to be an imposter syndrome and you're working with clients and you just feel like you're in a vacuum, go on our group. People post their work all the time and it's just so positive and supportive. I've literally never seen a negative comment about someone or their work on our Facebook group. And I think that's just the product of the fact that we have a super positive podcast. The type of people that listen to us and are in our group, they just are very happy, positive people. And honestly, Giselle and I met in a Facebook group and now we have a podcast. So like, you never know, like, this is just me telling everyone to go, go get some friends. Cause like, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I, was there. I was alone and it was awful and, same, it, same. and it was great. So, so basically like very complex, but <laughs> Yeah. Basically, Jen's a genius and go make some friends. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to like tweet that. Yeah. Gosh, thanks for dealing with me, guys. Goodness sakes. Oh. Well, um, Diana, where can we find you? Is there anything that you're offering right now, like a, you know, email opt-in or anything like that? Or are you just online that we can follow you? Yes, definitely. All the things. So hopefully by the time that this episode comes out, my new website or revamped website will be live. And that's at requreading.co, so .co. And then I'm on Instagram pretty frequently, um, at requreading. And yeah, I'll definitely have a freebie to share. And I also do a, a first draft session, which is a really fun, pretty streamlined strategy session that I also offer, which is also on my website. So. Yeah, I can vouch for the for the um, strategy session. That was my entry point to working with Diana. We did the first draft, and then I was like, "Okay, let's go all in." And then I got her back in. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, fun. So, oh that's so awesome! Well, it was so great having you, and can't wait for more brand designers to value copywriting into their service. <laughs> yes, thank you both so much, and yeah, to everyone listening, if you guys have any questions about copy or working with a copywriter, I'm definitely all ears. Hit me up in the DMs. I'm open. fantastic all right guys well we will see you in our facebook group to talk about copy this week and we will see you in the next episode bye guys bye bye we hope you enjoyed today's conversation subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode and we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on apple podcasts we bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too so share it with them If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. 
and visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources.